everybody, and welcome to another episode of the iFreak Show. This week, I'm your panel, Charles Maxwood. We're here with Alex Lundquist. Alex, do you want to say hi? Hey. You want to introduce <laughs> yourself real quick? Did I introduce myself? Sure. Um, so, uh, name's Alex Lundquist, obviously. I've, I'm uh, just a local kid here in, uh, in probably Utah. Um, spent about 10 plus years in the IT space and decided mm-hmm. to kind of jump that career and jumpstart another career in iOS development and uh, here to share that experience. With Headspin, optimize your mobile user experiences 24-7 for any application running on any device and any network anywhere in the world. Their AI-powered analyses track user experience metrics and KPIs over time from cold and warm starts to errors, crashes, and response times and audio and video quality to biometric responsiveness. Headspin will automatically surface issues and the root cause information you need to optimize user experience for your product or service, providing actionable insights end-to-end across applications, devices, and networks. With the world's first global device cloud that uses thousands of real SIM-enabled devices on actual carrier and Wi-Fi networks in hundreds of locations around the globe with 100% uptime, Keep your mobile user experiences ahead of the pack and achieve mobile success with a unified proactive approach to testing, performance monitoring, and user experience analytics only with Headspin. Learn more at headspin.io. So I'm kind of curious, and I think we're just going to dive in and talk about your experience, but uh, how long ago did you make the switch? So it was, it's actually been just a little over a year. Um, I, uh, but uh, the, the the thought kind of sparked a little bit, uh, I want to say just a little over six years ago, because uh, I had a friend who um, made the jump from, he, he, he basically did a coding boot camp. And that's kind of what the, the career choice I had made was, um, you know, changing my career choice to, to go to a coding boot camp. But mm-hmm. um, he was kind of the, the spark for that, uh, I want to say, inspiration. Um, cause when he did it and he graduated, he kind of, you know, we, we both were working at a, a local company called Bluehost and we were kind right. of in their support side and we just, to some degree, weren't entirely super happy with, you know, with our current state of being. And, but he was the one that had the faith to jump off and, you know, go do something different. And after he graduated and we remained good friends and just kind of looking at the success that he had, it, it, to be honest, I was kind of insanely jealous of it. <laughs> you know, um, it just kind of seeing, you know, because be, working for it, you know, if, if you're familiar with Bluehost is a local company, they do web hosting. And so being a customer support, you're around, you know, troubleshooting web pages, troubleshooting servers, um, you know, that web space. So you're, you're around, I guess, coding and development and, uh, you know, to some degree, you can't help but have that rub off on you a little bit, right? And yeah, uh, and so my interest was there, and um, so having him just making that plunge to just say, "Hey, I'm going to go all in," right? And uh, because uh, Dev Dev Mountain, the the school of the choice that we both ended up going to, it's it, they they have primarily an immersive program, so you you go it's twelve weeks, uh, twelve thirteen weeks long, and right. it's it's fully immersive, you know. Um, all day, um, you know, five days a week. So it's, it's a huge commitment. You really can't mm-hmm. work part-time or, or, you know, full-time outside of that. Right. And uh, so that, that was like a big, 
a big thing for me. I couldn't really make that jump. I couldn't, you know, leave the security of my job and, you know, insurance and, you know, um, I had a growing family and, uh, just really hard for me to make that. And so, but over time as, as my career went on at, at Bluehost and I got into different departments and, you know, watched the company get bought out by a larger corporation and things just, uh, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was happy and I was still stable, but, um, you know, large corporations can sometimes make decisions that, you know, I want to say conflict with uh, the hopes and desires of its employees. <laughs> and yep, uh, and uh, so they had decided to close down their call center here in Utah about, what is it, in uh, the spring of 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at that time, I had, I had kind of moved up the chain and uh, gotten into IT um, you know, like your help desk side of IT, so right. just internal IT, and was really enjoying it there. But when I uh, I had taken some time off because my dad had passed away just a few months earlier mm-hmm. um, at the end of 2016, and when I came back from kind of dealing with that um, in January, uh, corporate had made a decision to shut that the call center down. They only gave us six months, well, I guess more like five months to do it. They wow. wanted to, and, and that was, uh, you know, that was going to affect 800 plus employees. And uh, there was only four of us in IT at the time that was <laughs> trying to service that. And so having to deal with, you know, the, the consolidation of, you know, equipment, trying to figure out what's going to get shipped where and, um, you know, then the close down of the, the facility itself and, and whatnot. Um, it was just really kind of a, a hard, stressful time over that six month period and watching some of your close friends that you've worked with for five, six years move on, you know, and that, that was kind of a, a rough deal. And, um, but by the end of that, I was kind of at a position where I, I ended up getting let go as well. So, um, in May of 2017, I lost my job and, um, at that time, you know, I was trying to weigh out my options, but I had become to some degree so heavily invested in IT that I knew that that was kind of an area that I wanted to stay with. Right. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, had worked up really quickly in its ranks. Like when I got into the department, it only took me like a, a year and a half, two years to go from like junior to senior. And, um, was really involved in a lot of, let's say, uh, decision-making aspects of, you know, how deployments were being done, how some of the service was being done. And so really enjoyed that. And, um, but also at the time, um, I decided to take about a year off just because um, some degree, my, my dad who passed away lived with us, like we helped take care of him. So it was really a, a really hard thing to deal with. And my family were, were still just kind of struggling. So I decided to take a year off and kind of get on top of life and, and everything, address the needs of my family. And so in 2018, um, about June of 2018, um, I started hitting the job market really hard again. And um, being that Utah being a really, you know, like with Silicon Slopes coming up and uh, in many ways, very tech oriented, there was no small supply of IT jobs you know, um, so I felt really confident being able to get back in. I had been doing some other, st- you know, other things, working on some certifications to make myself more marketable and really just hit the, the street hard, you know, um, 
over the course of about seven months, I probably put out uh, four or 500, maybe 600 applications. And sometimes, you know, I was putting out, putting out like 30, I think I remember one week I put out like 35, 40 applications in a single week and just thinking one of these have got to land. Right. And, um, a few did, and uh, I, you know, I had quite a few interviews, and I even got down to the point where I was being considered. You know, it was like between me and like one other person, and um, that happened uh, a few times. But for whatever reason, I was, I was just, I was never selected. Um, and uh, in fact, uh, there was one company who probably was the most promising near the end of 2018. Uh, we had actually started the interviewing process like in uh, end of August and um, that just kept on going till about December. But this whole time also they were telling me like, Hey, if you get any other kind of job offer, let us know because we totally want to try and counter We're we're that interested in you. And um, however, ultimately they ended up filling it with an internal position because they had, like uh, someone else in the department quit and um, just, just, I mean, like I said, it was just a horrible That's life. Be rough. Just, it, it, you know, and, and I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't trying to slow down on my other opportunities. I was still interviewing. Um, in fact, there is another company I even got down to, I did, I ended up calling and say, Hey, I've got like this good opportunity. So what's happening? You know, um, let me know. And, uh, and it was a good opportunity. The company was out in California, but they're opening a satellite office here in Provo. And I was going to be the one that was going to be heading up the IT in that department. So it was kind oh, of wow. a, it was kind of a significant, you know, position. But um, the guy that ended up filling the spot or the void um, was a guy out of their LA office who um, basically took the spot of one of the other IT guys that had left the company in LA. And so they made the decision instead of putting someone there locally, they would just have someone there commute. Right. Um, like maybe once, uh, twice a month, you know, be there for a couple of weeks and then come back to LA. And so they decided that was the route they wanted to go, but it took them like four or five months to figure that out and string me along. Um, so in 2019, you know, as, as, as that came in, you know, January, I was honestly, I was like crazy discouraged. Because still yeah. after seeing, you know, and there were still plenty of jobs that were, I mean, it slowed down a little bit just because end of the year, you know, mm-hmm. um, that quarter four hits and things just slow down. Companies quit making decisions, you know, and so I didn't expect a whole lot to happen, but I figured once January hit, things would start, you know, new budgets would be in place. And and there were, there, there were starting to, you know, opportunities were starting to present themselves. And so I started hitting it again and, um even got an, an quick into another company. Um, uh, got down to the, I want to say, final uh, consideration there. I don't know how many they're actually considering, but I'd even got to the point where I had had the here, meet the team interview, you know, see how you mesh, um, talk to the, wow. the team lead, even met with the CEO. Um, had the whole like campus tour, you know, thing, <laughs> you know, so I was thinking, God, this is like gotta be it. Um, but that was also a, a period of time where I was trying to figure out, you know, if, if how, how much longer can I let this go on? You know, it's like before I, I find a job. Cause at this point, you know, we're, we're pushing a year and a half of, of not working. 
And um, so I started to seriously consider maybe some, some other options. And um, more and more, uh, going to a boot camp and remembering my friend's experience going to Dev Mountain um, started to, to come back, you know, kind of started to weigh on my mind and, and to some degree couldn't stop thinking about it. And mm-hmm. uh, ended up kind of having this little experience where I remember coming home off of an errand and uh, just kind of having this conversation in my head about, you know, you, you do that where you kind of weigh out your opportunity, yeah. kind of present it to yourself, right? And I just kind of had this question about like, well, if I, if I were having this conversation with my dad, what would he tell me? You know, like, what would he, right. you know, because he was a huge influence in my life and, and um, in many ways a huge mentor. So I really expected his um, decisions and his advice and whatnot. And I, it just, I knew for a fact that he would just would have told me to just go for it, you know, right. Do it, go for it. This is, you know, this is something I think you need to do. And so, um, so I kind of became committed at that point to, to really start exploring it. Um, still all during this time that I was in this interview process with this company. And, um, the funny thing is like, uh, so, to kind of backtrack a little bit, the times that I've, I, you know, I'd bring up these conversations with my wife, even back when I saw my friend and like I said, I was insanely jealous, you know, kind of do that, you know, test the waters feeling, you know, conversation. Yep. So hun, if I were to do this, <laughs> you know, yep. how would, a, how would you feel? And she's like, you know, but I mean, it wasn't just, I don't want to, paint this picture it's just her being negative about it it was just we were both understood you know she's like she's always been like my rock my my perspective my dose of reality right and so she always helped me keep things in perspective and i just knew like she would still struggle with this idea of what are we going to do i mean this is just a huge leap of faith for still like you know again you know you're especially you're you're at potentially the cusp of finding a job you've got this really good opportunity and um how do we walk away from that and all this investment we've put into this career path? Um, but as we started to, you know, um, think about it more, um, oddly enough, uh, I, I hadn't told her about this experience that I had. I was kind of waiting for a good moment because I was really starting, like I said, it really kind of turned the tide in terms of my commitment and will to jump off in that direction. And, and I think it is for anybody who's in that position, you know I mean? The, you know, making a career change is is not you know and i don't want to say this is like a midlife crisis either <laughs> you know it's not like i went and right. bought a different car and said oh i'm gonna go <laughs> for a new job too right you know <laughs> and so you know well, it's, this, this it's was... interesting it's interesting too just talking about like where you got to and where where things were at i mean i've been talking to a lot of developers in today's market right with the whole covid19 or right you know i mean I've talked to a number of people that have gotten laid off. I've talked to a number of people that have been in a weird place that, you know, can't find a job or they seem, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine um, the other day. He's actually on one of our other shows and he's lost his job. Right. And I'd introduced him to somebody else that I had met, um, you know, out in the community and they had interviewed him and, you know, it sounded like it was more or less a done deal. And then they realized that they needed to hire a different position first. Right. So, you know, it got put on hold and, you know, and he's, he's frustrated and worried. And of anyway, course. it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of this stuff is just, um, you know, people it's are in hard. a hard spot. Yeah, it is. 
Well, in so, many so cases, how do you how do you cope with that? Right? How do you cope with that kind of a situation? And right, right. And I, I want to say you probably more uniquely so. Like people are being furloughed, but so they aren't yeah. like being let go. There's still the promise of a job, but then yeah, weird turn of it's. But yeah, I mean, for me, it was you know. Um, I, I kind of hit the end of that waiting period for me personally. That was kind of the mm-hmm. part of the turning point. And then I want to say, like I said, having this experience where I had this conversation with my dad in my head and just kind of feeling like this is, you know, I, feeling his support is probably, you know, if he, had, if he was still around having that support, having him support me is probably the strongest emotion that came out of that, you know, that, that drove that commitment. And so, but also, like I said, you know, kind of explaining where my wife's position may have been. Um, I, I was a little hesitant to just, let's say the minute I walked through the door, you know, from coming home say, Hey, you know, um, so I was kind of waiting for a minute to, uh, you know, the right opportunity to approach her about it. But oddly enough, that same night, right. Um, well, let me So we like woke up the next morning. She just kind of, we're just kind of laying in bed and she rolls over to me and she just out of the blue goes, so what do you think about exploring an opportunity with Dev Mountain? I seriously about fell out of bed, you know, cause it was just so <laughs> like random and out of the blue and come to find out she, you know, that night she ended up having this dream that just, I don't, I mean, it sounds like spiritual, and, uh, you know, weird and I don't know, um, forces of the universe coming in some divine intervention, but regardless, whatever it was, right. It was her experience that helped kind of turn her towards, Hey, you know, we've, we potentially have some other options to think about. And what do you think about this? And um, that just totally changed the total tide and our outlook on it and um, having her commitment and having her, you know, support in that direction just really helped me say, Hey, this is, this is a, a reality. This is realistic. This is not just some kind of, Oh, Hey, maybe I'll just drop everything, go to a boot camp, you know? And um, so I, I really started like, I already kind of had a feeling that Deb Mountain was the route I was going to go because, you know, my, I had, like I said, my friend go there and I had a few other friends at Bluehost that, that worked there that had gone through the program too since then. And right. they had gone on to do, so I'd been kind of trailing their progress a little bit, you know, watching them grow. And uh, they, they had just been making some really great strides in that area. But um, my personality just won't let me kind of make that, that kind of leap of faith. Um, so I kind of had to like reconvince myself that that was the place I needed to go. And so I went and did all the research. I went and researched other boot camps to say, Hey, is this really, you know, maybe, maybe just thinking about going to Dev Mount was the catalyst to get me thinking about it so I could find the, a, a better school or, you know, um, right. and so forth. And, um, but uh, after kind of weighing all the options and kind of looking at all the different courses out there, most of them being online and um, at, at the time, I guess, at least the ones I looked at, there were a few that, that were on site, like, but they, and, and I want to say immersive, but they didn't offer any kind of like, you'd have to pay your way out there, which was totally understandable. But even then, when you got there, you had to look for a place to live. And that was mm-hmm. an additional cost. Um, where, um, I mean, Dev Mountain was uh, also highly attractive simply just because it was local. You know, it was... Uh, I, I was going to say, so did, did you do it online or did you go to their uh, their campus? 
I, I did the immersive program. I went on campus. And okay. so, and um, that's at the startup building in Provo or have they moved? Well, they've moved, they moved. Okay. So the, during the course of their um, growth, right. Um, they actually opened up a second campus in Salt Lake. Oh, okay. Um, honestly, about a year after they opened. Um, so they started in, I want to say 2013. And then by 2014, the end of 2014 is when my, um, like he was in, uh, I think he, his class started in November, maybe, maybe October. And then he went to like uh, mid-December is when he graduated. And by then they had a Salt Lake campus. And so he was actually, okay. he went up, he went to the Salt Lake campus for his immersive. And so they kind of split between the two and, um, yeah, it looks like now their, uh, Utah location is in Lehigh, which is right. Right. So they're, they're over at Thanksgiving point, which is like 10 Rocks minutes are, from where right. I'm sitting. Right. Right. In fact, they're, they're, they're on the uh, third floor that, that canopy is in the same building that oh, they okay. built. So right there by Cabela's. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so as I, as I was doing this research, uh, part of what seemed attractive, because I even toyed with the idea that, hey, if I'm going to do this, and it is going to be it, because for me, immersive was the only option. Yeah, that was the only one thing that, because I'm the kind of learner that I knew that if I had to do it online, um, if I had to be at home to do it, I, I just knew there was just too many distractions going on here. Um, you know, between my kids, wife, just I want to say just, you know, duties at home, mm-hmm. um, just be way too distracting. And so my wife and I both knew that given that I would have to do the full immersive and just jump, you know, feet first, yeah. you know, into it. And, uh, so there was also even consideration. One of, the, one of the cool things that Dev Mountain does that I think is very unique compared to any of the other boot camps is part of their tuition cost is housing. Oh, you know, interesting. Not not food. You know, you still have to find your own food, but they make an arrangement with a local like housing complex and um, the tuition fee doesn't change. It's the same for everybody. But if you opt or choose to go to their housing, you have that available to you and it's part of their tuition hmm. fee. And given that, like if you look at their cost compared to everyone else, it's far more reasonable than... I want to say a lot of the other ones. Um, right. And so that really kind of appealed to me because like, you know, I was like, if, if push came to shove, um, you know, I could just go to the, the say, Hey, see you in 13 weeks, family kind of thing. You know, <laughs> even, even though I'm down the road, um, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe then I could like come home for the weekends or something like that. And then, in fact, there was actually a student in my cohort who did that. He was out of, out of Roy, um, you know, kind of Clearfield area. And yep. so instead of having to make that two hour drive every morning, he stayed in student housing and then went home for the weekends. Yep. And uh, I had a coworker that did that incidentally. And our office was in Pleasant Grove at the time. So, right. Right. So, yeah. So, um, so on that note, financing was also another big deal, right? You know, so having been unemployed for, you know, a, a, about a year and a, and some change at this point kind of depleted through my savings and kind of my, all my other financing 
you know, financial options, I knew that affording it was going to be a challenge. And so I started looking at what other, you know, that was also a determining factor. Like what other, you know, financially, how is this going to impact my life and, um, you know, affect how I was going to, to make it there. And so one thing to stay about pretty much any boot camp that you go to is that like 99% of them are unaccredited. They are not accredited um, programs, meaning that mm-hmm. you can't apply for like student student financial aid or federal financial aid right. like a normal like a normal student can. And as such, they also don't carry over as credit either. So they can't mm-hmm. be up, you know. Um, there are a few outreach programs, and I, and I, and I haven't actually looked into it, but I'm assuming that anything that's a strictly affiliated to a university, like I know University of Utah has uh, has been really advertising strongly for their like coding boot camp. So right. um, I would imagine theirs potentially could be accredited, and you know you could get credit through there, but it I, I still don't know. I, I know there's um, specific laws that like the IRS kind of puts around that, that kind of prevents mm-hmm. boot camps from, from getting that status. But, but I know that there, there's also some things in works that that could change over the next two, maybe five years, you know? So, um, yeah, it also affects the availability for things like, uh, VA grants and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're a veteran and you want to go to a boot camp, some of them get accredited that way and some of them don't. Right. Right. Yeah, there's there's some loopholes, but but yeah. for the most part, most of them don't. So so just so that you know, kind of is out of the way. So I really couldn't apply for anything there. Um, so it really came down to I was either going to have to find some kind of either personal loan or financial uh, supporter, if you will. <laughs> um, well, this is interesting because I've wondered about this. I know that some of them also offer their own financing. But some, that's not always something that's available. Right, right. And some, and, and a lot of them, what, uh, in fact, there's one that really kind of seemed um, fascinating to me. They're actually based out of New York. And um, their whole, um, I want to say, financial business model is you can attend the, the camp for free. But um, once you land a job, you then pay a percentage. Like, yeah, I want to say right. they garnish your wages is, is probably the, the bad way of saying it. Like the, but yeah, I mean, you're basically expected to, you, you sign a contract that you would turn over a certain percentage of your wages for X amount of time. And so in some ways you could end up paying, you know, 20, 30, and, you know, depending on what you're making, what that percentage is, you could end up paying back $40,000 instead of, you know, a, a flat fee. Um, yeah. Have you heard of Atwood's Law? He says that anything that can be built in JavaScript eventually will be built in JavaScript, and that includes mobile apps. You can build awesome mobile apps and Apple TV and other apps with React Native. Come check us out every week as we talk about some of the ins and outs of building mobile apps with JavaScript and with React on React Native Radio. You can find it at reactnativeradio.com. I know Lambda School operates that way. They're all online, but I think they have a cap. I think it's like 30,000 or something. Right, right. Take. You know, and, and there are a few. And like I said, I, I don't know entirely. And, and there are some schools that like they can't offer that kind of financing outside of, let's say, their certain states. Like I want to say mm-hmm. California, New York are, are 
really big about, um, you can't do that. Like you can't operate that way. And so right. I don't know how that affects students in those areas attending those schools, but yeah, I mean, so that, that was one thing that, um, but to me, it, it just, I don't know, it, it uh, having that huge commitment seemed harsh and, and I really didn't want to go that way. And so other schools have um, set up there. There's, I want to say there's a small niche market for like uh, financial institutions to offer mm -hmm. private loans to those type of uh entities. And so, um, I researched some options that, uh, that Dev Mountain had partnerships with. Um, one of those was called skill funds. Um, okay. that's who I ended up opting to, uh, well, first of all, I should say what, what helped be a deciding factor is, uh, through some miraculous means, I did have, uh, some financial support come in and I, I, they kind of don't want to be you know, talked about a lot, so I won't get into details, but they, they help, you know, they help pay for, I want to say a, a good portion. And so, um, which was good. Cause then the loan that I had to take out, um, wasn't as, as financially impacting. Right. And, um, but I did end up having to take a loan and their terms are actually really quite agreeable. Their percentage rate isn't that high. Um, and then the way they structure it is you are required to make like interest only payments during the time that you're in school up to two months post-graduation. So roughly five to six months are mm -hmm. just interest only. And then at that point, whether you find a job or not, you start making principal payments for right. the, the term of the loan. And so, so that was actually, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, we could manage that payments are, are reasonable. And so I went that route, got, got funding, but the crazy thing is, so I'm trying to do this, right? So back to that time frame. this is January, um, started doing research, uh, February, um, is starting to close in, um, in part of my decision-making process. Uh, one of the things Dev Mountain does is you can actually schedule tours. And so I knew they had just moved into it, like consolidated their Salt Lake and Provo office into the Lehigh office. It was just brand new. In yeah. fact, when I did the tour, there were still areas that were under construction. <laughs> and, um, but it was kind of also uh, one of the determining factors, you know, knowing that, you know, hey, this, you know, the commute every day could be possible and um, doable and not really, you know, uh, be that uh, taxing. Right. And, um, so meeting with them, also asking some questions kind of helped me say, Hey, okay, what's the next step here? What's, uh, and at that point I was kind of trying to determine what area of focus I wanted to go into in terms of boot camp. A lot of boot camps offer different, uh, core structures, different languages they offer. And, uh, Dev Mountain focuses in four different areas. They do, uh, web dev, uh, like full stack development, Right. With, I want to say a focus on um, React, Node.js, Java, um, you know, and things of that nature. They don't do any Python at the moment, um, but they try to adjust and change their curriculum as their, you know, the demand is in the market. So not to say that Python or Ruby or what is some other, you know, yeah. um, languages may not be offered in the future. It all depends on what they feel the strongest demand is. Yeah. And, I've talked a bit with uh, Bottega, which is across the freeway from them. 
And yeah, their web offering is Python and React. And it's just, it, yeah, there, there are a lot of different things, but yeah. Um, I don't remember if Bottega actually offers iOS. No, no, they don't. Uh, I actually have a couple of friends. Um, so ha- having worked at Bluehost, right, and being IT and having that 800 employee base kind of get dispersed into the tech field, I've got friends like everywhere. <laughs> so I have a couple of friends that work in, in Bottega, and they, they've actually asked me about my experience as well going to uh, Zeb Mountain. But at the time, um, I, I still don't think they currently offer an iOS. Anyway, so, um, yeah, they didn't offer iOS, and um, I, I didn't even know about Bottega at the time. I don't think they were really... Um, I, I want to say they're they're fairly young, you know. They aren't. They haven't been around uh, a huge amount of time. But I could be. They've wrong. been around could a few wrong. years. Um, I've I've got a pretty good working relationship with Jordan Hudgens, who's the guy that started it. So. Oh, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so they offer. So Dev Mountain offers web development, iOS development. Um, QA, which is your quality assurance, like your your bug smashing, your bug finding. You know, you're you're kind of that intermediate guy that works between development and end user, and um, kind of make sure that everything's being released the way that it's you know intended to and working the way it's supposed to. And then they offer a UI UX uh, design course. So, um, and they're doing really really well in that. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still want to say that uh, their web development, Dev Mountain's web dev program, is still kind of like their bread and butter. Yes, um, you know they generally have uh, I want to say anywhere from four to potentially five classes going on concurrently that are immersive, and that is probably between thirty to forty students at a time, you know, mm-hmm. per class. And then they also have their they do offer online and part time. Um, so you could like do like a, what they call, uh, they call that program after hours. So right. anything you do online is, is done at night off, you know, after hours, but it changes the course from like 13 weeks to 26. Right. And, um, but like I said, I still couldn't do that. And having worked at Bluehost for 10 years, you know, and having dabbled a little bit in web development, you know, it, it just was not my cup of tea. I, I couldn't bring myself to go that direction and um having been in it and kind of seeing how beneficial the mobile platform is just not just i want to say on an enterprise level but just obviously your own personal life um i wasn't one that wanted to like next you know make the next game killer but i definitely want to be involved in like some really cool apps right right and so app development really stood out to me and so i jumped on the ios bandwagon there and uh and went that route nice makes sense so um i want to ask a few questions just about getting into the i I guess the tech world's not the right way to put it but getting into the programming world um i mean what what were the challenges and uh to start out with did so did you start doing any kind of uh, research or learning into how to write code before you went to dev mountain or did you just wait and then just go and dive in when you right. there. Right. So um, I, I think this is kind of standard now to some degree with, with almost any boot camp that you, you go to, but, um, or at least I want to say that the bigger ones um, maybe, but um, so the, the application process um, 
you basically say, Hey, I want to go, uh, you present an interest in, in which, you know, category you want to go with and they assign a, um, I don't know what they call it anymore. Um, uh, I kind of would say an entrance coordinator to some degree right. who, and what they do is they give you a, an, uh, like an aptitude, um, test and it is some programming, um, very basic programming just to kind of get you, uh, your, your feet wet a bit, but the, the big thing behind it is it's not meant to, to scare you off. The purpose behind it was to say, do you have like the critical thinking or the mindset or the drive to do this? Right? Like if you don't know what it is, or, or, are you going to reach out to help for us? You know, cause they get, they say, Hey, if you don't understand anything, here's the instructor, you can reach them via this email address or, you know, um, so forth, uh, ask questions, get help. Um, mm -hmm. even when you submit it, they actually come back. Like, um, I remember thinking there was one aspect, right? The, the wording on the question, just for whatever reason, just didn't compute with me. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And so, um, when I, uh, sent back my, my aptitude test on this one particular question, the teacher came back and says, well, we were kind of asking for this, you know, so we kind of had this back and forth discussion and um, I resolved it and, and sent it back. And then they kind of reviewed that whole process and said, Hey, great. We think you're a good candidate. Come on board. You know? And at that point, what you have to do is they ask for a, uh, a money deposit. In this case, for me, it was $400. I say that just cause I don't know if it, you know, any of the amounts change, but um and what that does is basically say, um, I want to secure a spot in one of your upcoming courses. Right. And then what happens is they make the course where, uh, what's called the pre-course uh, material available to you. Mm -hmm. And um, what the pre-course work is there for is to basically give you a foundation in the course that you're going to. For me, it was, you know, swift development. And so, um, there was a lot of, uh, there was a book that, um, this is one thing that I want to say if I were to have like some small nitpicks and frustrations, um, I don't know <laughs> if this is the case with, with any other boot camp, but with, uh, with dead mountain is kind of like, you know, they say, here's your tuition cost, right? But there are some outside costs to that. And, um, right. one of those being like, you know, we had to purchase a book or get our hands on a book you know, it was like a $35, $40 purchase, you know? So, I mean, it was just, um, and, uh, it was like, um, nerd ranches, uh, Swift UI. Yep. Um, book, uh, they basically, they, they wanted you to basically completely complete that, go through that and complete it before classes started was, was part of it. Um, and I say complete just because it's, you know, you can just go through and just read it but the way the book is structured is they have like these uh, learning exercises at the end of each, you know, each uh, topic or section or, you know, chapter. And so they, they want you to do those. They don't want you to just read it and show up at class and say, hi, hello, but, but right. it is an honor system on that respect. You know um, you know, they don't check in and say, Hey, we noticed you didn't, you know, turn in your assignment for chapter five, you know, <laughs> and um but they do also have like their own um, courseware too. Like uh, 
they they do a lot of their um I want to say like the student portal and stuff like that. The online portions are done through Canvas. So you would log in right. through Canvas and you would have uh, additional assignments and topics and stuff that you had to complete, watch some video lectures. Um, I want to say in all in total, it's, it's potentially between like 150 to maybe 200 hours plus, give or, you know, minus um, outside work that they expect you to accomplish before you start the class, you know? And so obviously depending on which course you sign up for, that could be six months, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, a, a year. I, you know, I mean, they, I think they only get up to about maybe six, seven months ahead in terms of their courses that they have scheduled. Um, so it's probably the maximum amount of time you could get. But in my case, the course that I chose to go to only gave me about three weeks. Oh, wow. So so I was trying to, you know, but granted, fortunately, being unemployed at the time, I had that time on my hands right. to get through it. So, um, but I also went through some other difficult challenges. Um, I mean, it, for, for me, I think with my IT background and um, web hosting experience and having dabbled a little bit in some kind of development and uh, Bluehost being, I want to say, all entirely based on Linux, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was very familiar with like command line and bash scripting and, and um, things of that nature. So, and I, I, in my college days, I was a computer science major, but that was like eons ago. And so <laughs> I know that feeling, um, right. You know, I mean, there, there wasn't really even uh, smartphones weren't even in existence back then. So it's kind of like a yeah. smartphone is, something that had a phone that had legible letters on it. And, uh, but anyways, um, so I, I didn't feel completely foundationless, if you will, going into it. I had a, right. I had a little bit of strong confidence, um, but it was still a challenge and, um, but life still didn't quit giving me curveballs. I had a, a really close uncle um, pass away uh, the week before camp was supposed to start, I had also not finalized my financing. Like, um, I was still trying to work out how much, uh, I was going to be able to get, let's say outside of having to get a loan. And so Mm -hmm. until I knew that amount, I couldn't really apply for a loan. And so when that got finalized, that ended up being that last week because with Depth mountain, the, their structure is like your financial obligations are basically all due the first day of class, right? You're, you need to be fully paid up um, and have everything taken care of uh, financially before the first day of class. And so um, I was trying to make arrangements to go out to California to my uncle's uh, funeral. That was going to be that weekend. I had also just applied for a loan. Um, now, fortunately that is one really great thing about skill funds is I, I knew within 48 hours, whether I was approved or not. And um, then at that point, they just said, just have the school get in contact with us and we'll let them know that you're approved and we'll work out the details from there. And, um, but it was still somewhat of a a touch and go because I'm finding this out like late Friday afternoon, class starts Monday and I'm driving out to California to go to a funeral on Saturday. (laughs) And then I'm like, then I'm like driving back Sunday night, starting class Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, so like it was, it was kind of a, a whole rough start, you know, trying to get into it, but 
but it was good. I mean, like I look back at it and I, I still probably, I mean, if I were to change anything, like I said, I would have, uh, it would have been nice to have a little more time to solidify, you know, solidify myself in the, in some of the pre-course work, but probably also a little to my detriment that I did have some of that, I want to say programming or, or even scripting or at least say a little bit of foundation. I, I want to say I did go in a little bit arrogant. You know, a little uh, maybe maybe arrogance too, a different word. Maybe just uh, overly self-confident, right? Too much confidence in that area, and so because you do kind of feel you get in there and you, and you do end up finding like you know, um, I remember in high school there was there's this always a Sports Illustrated uh, ad that I always thought was crazy was you know you see this big football field with L the you know college started mm-hmm. and how does it feel to be another high school hotshot right and that's kind of how i felt like how does it feel yeah. to be just you know <laughs> i i'm really no different than anyone else here you know right i you know our, our walks of life may be different but i we, we're all starting off from the first you know from first base you know from the first and so that first week was fun yeah we're, we're kind of getting a little short on time um i was a little curious yeah i mean first of all so I kind of have this idea in my head of boot campers being like young folks that don't want to go to college. And then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you've got the, the older folks that have had a career and for whatever reason are switching. Is, is that accurate at all? Or yes. is it uh, a 100%. much wider? Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I was I, like, are there people in the middle that just kind of went, yes, oh, I'm going to do this yeah. now. It's, you know, I mean, so they're, they're all over. You know, I mean, like, there's uh, now I, I am older. I am, you know, I'll be turning uh, 47 this year, you know, so and and that's that's what I said. You know, I, I, I joke, you know, that's what I said. I joke about, you know, like back eons ago when I was in college, you know, I, I, I'm really not joking. It really was eons, you know, I rode to school on a dinosaur and, you know, wrote in stone tablets. Yeah. I mean, anyway, so, but no, um, my class was, I want to say, fairly diverse, you know. Um, there was a guy that uh, he was probably in his mid thirties. He had been a math teacher for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, a- another guy who was coming out of a different profession. Um, I, th- I, I uh, want to say he, I don't know if he did a food truck full time or he just kind of had it on the side, but that was kind of the industry, you know, he was coming from and had been there for a while. Um, our youngest member, though, was uh, 18. She had just graduated from high school. Um, her dad was an iOS developer, and so that's what she wanted to do. And uh, I think for iOS development, probably going to a boot camp is one of your, uh, let's say, cheaper options. You can do it in college. Um, Stanford has an incredible uh, program that I think everyone's aware of because you can watch it for free online you know, through right. YouTube or, or through their website, but, uh, um, but it's good, but you also are paying Stanford costs to do it. You know, in many cases, if you're going there, right. To go get your computer side program, uh, your degree. And there, that is actually an interesting argument too. Like that, that's in the programming industry. There is, I want to say the argument of those programmers who are, um, I want to say, begrudged against those who go to a boot camp versus those who got their CI degree, you know? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and, and that's funny. I was actually reading an interesting discussion about that on, you know, LinkedIn a couple of days ago about how, uh, you know, this guy who is a, a, a senior developer somewhere 
and saying, you know, we need to stop this attitude of being so, you know, um, begrudged against those who go to boot camp like they aren't sufficient, they aren't good enough for their, you know, um, like maybe because they're butt hurt because we spent a hundred grand to go to college and they spent ten to go to a boot camp, you know. And yeah, we're getting we're getting paid the same, you know. <laughs> and there are it's, some disadvantages and advantages to both, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's it's it's an interesting thing, you know. Um, I'm even my my daughter who will be graduating in a year from high school has already said, yeah, I just plan on probably working a year after high school, going to Dev Mountain, getting the web dev program and starting my career in web development. She has like no interest in going to college at this point. Right. <laughs> and so, but, and, and, I, and like, you know, as a parent, how do you, you know, I don't know if I should like feel bad about that. You know, it's, it's like, there's great career opportunities by doing that, you know? Um, yep. But it's at the funny same because. I have a brother and a cousin that are both going through CS programs. One's at BYU and the other one's at uh, Western Governors University. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know. Have you ever felt like JavaScript is just everywhere? Well, we have. We actually had a conversation on JavaScript Jabber about what you can build with JavaScript. We've also talked about what JavaScript is and how we're inspired by the language. If you're interested in JavaScript or are doing web development, then you definitely need to check out JavaScript Jabber. You can find it at javascriptjabber.com. My one brother, I just looked at him. I was like, dude, like, why don't you go to a boot camp? And yeah, it was the same discussion, right? He was, I didn't realize he was as close as he was to finishing his degree, but yeah. Right. I mean, it's a real viable option. Yeah, it it, it really is. And, and so that's, you know, for, for those who, I guess, who are listening, who are trying to consider whether or not a boot camp is, is good for them, that is something to consider is what I would look at yeah. is um, look at, if, if you're trying to decide which boot camp to go to, look at their um, emphasis on placement, like yeah. post-graduation. Now, there are those out there that will say, yeah, we, you know, 90%, 99% of all our graduates get a job after graduation. However, what they're hiding in those numbers is let's say 50% of those go back to working at McDonald's or, you know, go back to another <laughs> job that they didn't go to boot camp, but they're saying right. they're gamefully employed. And so they're counting that it's kind of this, this hidden number, right? Um, what you really need to do is kind of cut through that and look at, okay, what percentage is actually landing jobs in the industry right. that they went to boot camp for? And those are the kind of questions you need to be asking, like, you know, and that's something that, um, you know, what kind of relationship do they have with other companies in the industry? You know, like uh, Dev Mountain and Lambda, I mean, they've, they've got strong relationships. Like, um, in fact, uh, not too long after I graduated, um, Dev Mountain in their iOS department had established a red, uh, a relationship with Wayfair that um, they had an incredible opportunity that if you wanted to basically relocate to Boston, um, I wouldn't say you were guaranteed a job, but the chances of them hiring you were extremely high. Right. You know, so it's, it's, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you say no to that? Like, how do you not choose to go to school for that reason? Well, that's, Um, that's the whole point. Right. And I guess, right. I guess that's the other question that I had was, you know, what are you seeing as far as the industry being willing to hire people 
at the level they come out of a boot camp at because I've I remember initially when they started doing boot camps, it was like, oh wow, we can hire all these people, and then it cooled real fast because right. not all the boot camps were putting out quality people, or I, I should say. Right. They weren't giving quality training to the people. You know, they're quality people, but you know what I mean. Right, so right, right. So they, right. they weren't training them well enough to be able to do the job, and so they, they'd hire them, and then they'd either have to do a whole bunch of on-the-job training or give up on them. Right, and right. so now it what's, seems what's like a lot of the – worth it, right. Yeah. A lot of the boot camps are doing much better about it. I mean, you mentioned Lambda. Um, I know that Bottega has a pretty good placement. Um, you know, Dev Mountain. um, uh, galvanize in Denver seems to have really good results. Um, you know, and so that there are a bunch of schools out there that really do flat iron school in uh, New York city. Right. So, right. yeah. So, um, but, but that doesn't mean that you could just go to the boot camp and then come out of it with a job either. Nope. So, nope. yeah. In fact, in fact, if there's one thing that I would say, if, if you're expecting to say, I just got into a boot camp, I'm guaranteed a job. I'd be like, you're so guaranteed not a job simply for that attitude. Um, Because you will, you get a hundred percent out of it based off of what you put into it. So if you put, if, if your hundred percent is simply, I got into it, you're going to get a hundred percent. I got out of it. (laughs) Um, Meaning that I didn't get a job. I just, I graduated or I quit or, you know, I moved on with my life. Um, but if you go in with that attitude, you know, if you put everything into it and saying, you know, this is, this is that opportunity to really change my life to make that change, then that is exactly what's going to happen. And yeah. you will find, you know, you, you aren't going to let whatever happens post-graduation, you know, um, to, you know, discourage you or, or put you away, you know, in, in a position where you're not um, finding that job, you know. There's only yeah. one person I can think of, you know, it's kind of funny when I asked him about his experience, another Bluehost alumni, um, I asked him, so, hey, you know, you're a Dev Mountain grab. What, how, how was your experience? He's like, well, I spent 12 grand to figure out that I hate web development. <laughs> and, you know, I was kind of like, Ouch. I was like, oh, so, but, but that kind of illustrates the point exactly though. Right. You know, I mean, you, yeah. you get a hundred percent out of it, what you put into it, or it's the other way around, you know, it's a, it's, if you put a hundred percent into it, you only get out of, you know, whatever that out. So, yeah. Um, so that is one something to thing, think about. Yeah. One other thing that I've seen though, is that a lot of times it's just kind of an accelerated start to the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and this may have changed because, you know, Three, four years ago, I wound up coaching a whole bunch of people that had gone through boot camps, couldn't find jobs. Right. And ultimately what it was, was these companies wanted to see what they could do and there wasn't enough out there for them to really assess that. And so what they wound up doing is they'd wind up working on open source projects or finding other things to do or building samples or whatever, right? So um, they'd have a side project or three they'd collaborate with a nonprofit or something that needed their skills. that wasn't as picky. And then after they'd done it for six months or so, then the company would take the chance on them. And right. so, and, and that is another thing to ask too, you know, as you're asking about what their post-graduation placement is um, in addition to the percentage um, now, and, and this is going to be a little, I want to say probably the hardest to get the most realistic perspective because 
and I would say 90% of the time, probably even 99% of the time, you're going to get a marketing answer. Meaning, you know, you ask them, so um, should I expect the job day one graduation? Should I expect the job two months, yeah. three months, 10 years? You know, when should I expect that job? And, um, you know, again, a lot of that, I will say, falls back to you a bit, you know, yeah. um, and and what you're doing. Because a lot of these boot camps, you know, they, they discourage you trying to, um, let's say, drum up opportunities before you graduate. Because that that only hurts you and it also hurts the program, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even though if, if the company is willing to, let's say, hey, we aren't going to wait for you to graduate, you know, we don't, we don't have to wait, we'll, we'll take you right now. Um, you're still just missing out on so much vital information that you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage. But uh, finding those realistic numbers, you know, at that point, what you want to do is reach out to alumni that you know of and and ask them about their experience and and try and uh, either listen to podcasts or YouTube interviews or whatever it is that you can get a hold of uh, for the specific school you went to and and look at what you know their stories were and that will start to give you a little more realistic look as to what to expect post graduation. So in terms of finding a job, you know, it also depends on the industry, you know, web development, there are just, it's just a really uh, huge saturated market. I mean, there are just jobs left and right, but um, a lot of those are, are, can be interesting positions, you know, some of our, let's say true junior development, but, and, and the ranges and wages could, could, could vary greatly because there are just so many opportunities. Um, so I would say the the average web dev um, probably is two to three months post graduation. Right. Whereas for iOS, like I said, you know, um, their marketing spill was yeah, probably about between you know three to four months is is probably realistic. And uh, what is more realistic, it's more like four to six months you know, right. post-graduation. And part of that is just because, again, it's that, it's that um, percentage of job available jobs, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and where you um, would like to work, you know, if you're restricting yourself to a, a particular, you know, geographic location that could really limit how quickly you get a job too. And, um, yep. but the other difference is there's also a huge difference in pay and starting position between an iOS developer and a web dev. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wrote a book on how to find a job last year. Um, and I offer all kinds of advice. If I were going to a boot camp, yeah, I don't know that I, I hate the idea of not looking around at least while you're in the boot camp. And I can understand why they discourage it, but I'd be going out and meeting everybody I could possibly meet at the <laughs> very minimum, right? So that when I graduate, I can call them all up and say, Hey, I finished this boot camp. Here's what I can do you know, I'm a good guy, you know, I'm smart enough to learn whatever you need me to learn. Sure. Let's, let's give this a shot. Right. Right. So, and, and, and networking is the probably most important key to, to finding a job post-graduation. So yeah, getting out there, getting exposed, getting, you know, um, acknowledged, I'd say, uh, you know, um, getting that exposure, uh, but still, it's just establishing those connections, right? Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll just do you incredible wonders. 
So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're kind of out of time. Um, do you have any other advice for people who are trying to figure this pathway out? I would say, you know, just make sure it's what you really want to do. You know, like you said, I've got that guy who says I spent 12 grand to find out it's something that I don't like. Um, but also, I, I think it will, it, it totally affects your experience there. You know, um, it'll, it'll affect how you approach the school, how you, it, it, bottom line, it, it totally just affects your experience. Be committed. Yeah. If, the, if it's something you want to do, be committed because otherwise you're going to, you're going to end up winding up with a lot of regret, a lot of um, debt. And, you know, there, I'd say most people in those circumstances can't afford that in their lives, you know, especially now when things are, are very uncertain. Um, you know, taking that risk is, is probably going to be even harder, you know. So be committed. Make sure this is what you truly want to do. Find passion and love for it. And, and good luck, you know, it's absolutely. And it's, it's funny because you're talking about this, you know, in this specific context, but that's what I find is true of just about anything is if you, if you want something, if you want to learn something, if you want to under, you know, if you want to master something, if you want to change in life at all, you know, you, you've got to go all in because if you don't, yeah, it, it may happen for you. Right. But a lot of times what I find is that the people who make it and the people that don't, the difference is really that level of commitment and how far they were willing to go to get there. And right. the other person just stuck it out, you know, that extra half mile and, you know, and that was right. the difference. And then, and then all of a sudden they were at the top of the hill and it's downhill from there. Right. No, absolutely. In fact, um, I know that's something really didn't get into a, a, a lot here and um, I don't, I don't know if there'll be another opportunity to do it, but uh, my experience, so like I didn't get into it and talk a lot about my actual personal experience during the boot camp, Right. Um, because it's, it isn't easy. It's, it's, you know, don't expect it to be like college. Don't expect it to be like, you know, a high school course or, you know, your free uh, course down at the community center where they teach you, you know, Excel or, you know, <laughs> you know, something else. It, it is, it is intensive. It, I mean, those immersive programs, um, the, the best way that I can explain it is, you know, expect yourself to hook your mouth up to a fire hydrant and try and keep the water from spraying out your ears, you know. And it's, it's like that for 13 weeks. In fact, the iOS course is difficult enough that um, unlike the other courses, it is 13 weeks because um, they split it in two six-week um, segments and they have a week off in the middle. And they do that specifically because they know it is so hard and it is just they cram so much that they, they fear burnout. They fear that people may oh, over overkill themselves. And so they actually give you a week off in the middle to um, either just simply get away from it or to uh, rehash things that maybe you feel like, uh, hey, I'm really struggling in this area. I don't understand how you know protocols work. I don't understand, you know, uh, the relationship, you know, between delegations or, you know, um, failing initial, whatever it is, right. You know, um, 
they allow that week two to just kind of get caught up too, you know, if you're feeling behind, but, um, but it is, it is the, the mental strain can be very difficult too, you know, the, the pressure, because, um, I know for me, part of the pressure that, that really, um, you know, I, I look back at it now, even being a year out and just go, God, I wish I could have just maybe relaxed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, don't, you know, not, not to the point that let's say it affected my work ethic or my drive or my desire to get stuff done, but just simply allow myself to not get so compressed, allow myself to decompress and just let things, you know, have that faith that things are going to soak in, that I will understand them, that they will make sense, you know, because, you know, for me, there's that pressure of I'm putting all my eggs into one basket. You know, yeah. I am leaving one career to go to a next and this is it. You know, this is a, this is, there's just that kind of pressure that's hanging over your head during this camp. And so the drive to be successful, the drive to is just so much more accentuated and stronger because of that. And so if I were to look back and say one thing to myself, I'd probably say, just relax. You'll get through it. It'll make sense. Just, you know, right. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's get to some picks. Um, now I don't know if you got the memo on picks, so I'll just run through it real quick, but picks are things that you like that make your life better. Um, lots of people tend to pick things like, um, books they're reading or TV shows they're watching or movies they liked. Um, but it can also be down to, you know, I've got this product that helps with my back pain or, you know, these, these things that I use every day that, you know, for my hobby or, you know, whatever. So um, I'm going to jump in and uh, throw a few picks out now. um, You know, we're talking about, you know, the sort of uh, life pivot and going all in. And the thing that I've been going all in on lately is um, marketing funnels. And, you know, yes, this is a programming podcast. (laughs) And yes, I do write code. And yes, I've been spending a lot of time doing marketing funnels. (laughs) And um, honestly, the reason why is um, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, just to kind of help with um, both sponsorship stuff and I'm starting to write books and create products and, you know, I want to build it up. And so, uh, you know, things kind of got a little bit slow uh, here with the podcast. And what that basically boils down to is a lot of companies saw the economy slowing down. And so one of the first things they made a cut to was marketing budget and we run on sponsorships. So you can probably connect all those dots, right? Sure. And so I'm going, okay, well, I need to create a funnel for podcast sponsorships. I need to create a funnel for coaching. Um, I should be creating funnels for the uh, conferences and so, because um, we're doing online conferences, including iOS remote conference, um, you can go sign up for that iosremoteconf.com. Um, looking into it, actually. What was that? I was, I, I'm looking into it. I yeah. Lost so, the link. Um, I saw it through my LinkedIn thread, you know, my thread, but I need to go yeah. find it again. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it's very applicable. The other thing is, is that um, I've had a few sponsors actually complain about the ROI And so I went back and I was like, well, I haven't had people complain about ROI before. What's different? And what I realized was that the the companies that sponsored for a long time and for more money either had a marketing funnel already set up for people to go through, right? Or 
Um, they weren't paying attention to the numbers. And then they hired a new marketing person and the marketing person basically cut off anything that they didn't have numbers right. on that right. absolutely proved that they'd be crazy to cut. And so right. the, the sponsorship could have been working, but because they weren't gathering the information, um, it was no longer justified. And so right. um, I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, well, what I need then is I need a way basically to say, look, um, when we make this offer, then we get so many people that click on the offer. And then, you know, if I talk to them about your product and say, hey, look, this is what this is. This is why you need it. Um, you know, basically, here's your problem. Here's a solution. Here's a story about why it matters, right? And so go ahead and get it. Then, then you know, then I can kind of break it down for them and say, this is where things are, you know, going. And this is what we're going to tweak now in order to get you the ROI you want. And so anyway, I had all these reasons. So long preamble to essentially picking anything uh, written or produced by Russell Brunson. So Russell, he, uh, he has a company called ClickFunnels. Um, a lot of people in marketing space are using it. Um, I am doing the one funnel away challenge right now. I'm in the pre-week or the pre-training week. And so, uh, and it's been terrific all on its own, right? They haven't even gotten into, here's how you build and structure funnels. It's all about, okay, look, you've got to go all in. You've got to believe um, your funnels aren't always going to work the first time, you know, kind of like, you know, you have to bang your head against the wall a whole bunch of times before it's like, oh, okay, I finally understand this concept in Swift or, oh, the UI kit library isn't as intuitive as I wish it would be, um, you know, and so you go through the same thing with marketing funnels. So anyway, that's what we're right. doing now, but it's been amazing. I've really, really enjoyed it. So um, I'm going to pick that. Um, I haven't used ClickFunnels enough to really, you know, endorse it. Um, Probably will by the end of the challenge, but his books, he has three books. He has dot-com secrets, expert secrets, and traffic secrets, and the books are awesome. And so if you're trying to figure out, you know, side revenue, you know, build up some kind of digital product, expert secrets, go check it out, right? If you're trying to figure out this whole funnel thing, dot-com secrets. If you're trying to figure out how to get people to come and just generate traffic to your stuff, traffic secrets. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm, I'm just going to pick all the things. Um, I'll get links into the show notes for all of that stuff. Um, you know, for the one funnel away challenge and for those three books. And yeah, I mean, uh, they do the challenge periodically. I was checking the date cause, uh, I know that you can still sign up for it, but by the time this goes live, probably going to be in a different cohort than I am. But, uh, anyway, I just going to recommend that stuff. So yeah, um, it should also work these funnels if you have an app that you've written and put in the app store that you want to sell. So I don't, I don't cool. see why that wouldn't apply. Anyway, Alex, I've rambled on for a long time. What are your picks? No, it's, oh, geez. Um, there's, there's really kind of three that come to mind probably cause they're the most relevant right now. Um, you know, post-graduation is also doesn't mean that your learning stops or you try to improve yourself. So areas that That's I've true. been, um, you know, trying to keep on top of the resources I've been tapping into is uh, hacking with Swift. Paul Hudson, his material I think is just phenomenal. I think he explained things in a way that um, just make it easy to understand. And I think the way he has things uh, structured um, really, really 
help you understand concepts as long as you actually do the work, um, you know, go through things and, and actually take the time to dedicate to that meaning. Like, you know, he's, he, one of his big points is if you can just code 10 minutes a day, you know, if that's all you've got, then that's, that's great. That's it. That's kind of the minimum, you know, at least strive for that. And, uh, I can't tell you what a huge difference that makes. Um, second is, uh, as uh, Ray Wonderlick, his site, his materials, um, another incredible resource. So if you're looking for places to, you know, again, and, and both of these resources have anything from, you know, beginner, uh, intermediate to advanced, you know, so there, there is, there's something for everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, Ray's a friend of mine and he's also going to be speaking at iOS remote Conf. Awesome. Well, you should tell him, thank you because, uh, Given, you know, like I said, I didn't get a chance to get into a lot of my personal experiences and, and part of that has led to kind of me being a year out of boot camp without a job, but um, kind of in that place where I'm, I'm really picking things back up. But uh, his site just announced that they're doing a boot camp as well. And, but it's scholarship only. It's 100% scholarship only. And during our interview, our podcast, I got the email notification that I was accepted. So I'll be oh, starting nice. that on Monday. So like I said, you can tell him a big thank you for me. Um, the last thing that I would say, there's just one, it's just mainly because I recently came across it and I'm totally excited to apply it when I'm ready is Sean Allen has a, um, basically the take home test coding test tutorial where he has you built an app that like a good portion of the coding test kind of ask you to do. And having just kind of, I just kind of watch it through just to kind of get a, a, a bird's eye view of the content. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. So if anyone's at that stage where they're like, Hey, I, I'm interviewing and I'd like to, uh, you know, refine my skill set, And, you know, if I'm given that take home test, I would definitely say, check out his, his material. Nice. All right. Well, if people want to connect with you online, See what you're working on, or go uh, dangle a job in front of your face. Uh, what, what do they do? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the only thing I really have public right now. Um, like I said, uh, I, I guess to really kind of, I keep on alluding to it, but I, I didn't really get a chance to finish my boot camp. Uh, the last week of my boot camp, I had uh, a nephew that was extremely close to the family uh, pass away suddenly, and it just derailed my not just my life but my entire family's life um and it's just the the ramification the ripples that that affected over the next six months from then just kind of destroyed everything i want to say it was it was really hard to to kind of get back on top of life and and um get going back into things and um so I, I hate to say it, you know, it's it's only been in the past five months that I've been trying to get back on top of things. So I really haven't like made like my GitHub page or like my personal page known or out there. Um, so, but if they really want to talk to me about my experiences or, or you know, what I'm doing or what I'm up to, uh, my LinkedIn page, you know, just, uh, you know, you can find my profile is like, what do they say? Is it just like linkedin.com slashed and like your name? I think is yeah. what that link is. So, and I'll send that to you. Oh, um, yeah. But that's probably my, my contact information's there. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's how you found me. That's how it's, it's, I respond pretty quickly. So if. Yep. 
All right. We'll make sure that that's in there. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you for coming and talking through this. Cause I know that this is a process that people go through and they have lots of questions and hopefully this clears things up for folks. And uh, I also am aware that people, some people will listen to this having been in the industry for a while, but have also having friends and family that come to them and say, I want to get in. How do I get in? And right. so hopefully, well, hopefully this clears yeah. that up. And I hope so. I hope I didn't ramble enough on maybe let's say off topic stuff, but hopefully I covered those points that are beneficial to, um, to them helping making those decisions. But like I said, if, if anyone has questions or want to, I'm always open to talk about it. I loved my experience at Deb Mountain. I know I didn't um, completely finish it there, but um, just cause that last week was rough. But other than that, I mean, it's, yeah. it really was life changing. It really has been life changing. And so I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up because I have another yep. call right now. Um, yep. Thanks again for coming. And no, until next inviting. time, folks, max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.